Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit w2mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. I know, right? Even though I only have a bat on the floor, I think he's in the bed. Oh, Baker, maybe in trouble here. Death Mark tries to clean it up for Ryu. Oh, look at the quest. Look at the moves. Baker, what was that? Baker with a huge play. The QSS. I can't believe that. actually actually won that duel. I can't believe that happened. They're getting a third mountain trade. They already got the first Baron. That was huge for them to actually get a bigger gold lead. Saving the break now, they got two ready. Bang is hiding, he's coming! Bang looking to come in, here comes your initiation, the right time! Oh my god! Dr. Shockwave will find them all! And SKT, with a hell of a response, will take down four! Welcome to League to the Max, or whatever. Now with a shiny brand new intro video. I am, as always, your host, Brian Andesian Espinosa. Joined with me, as always, is the disembodied Dr. Manhattan, better known as Eric Squid Sports Ed Watkins. Good evening, sir. How are you? Um, A, look at us getting all fancified. B, how much time do you have for me to properly answer that question? Um, we might get back to that depending on how light the show is. Well, I mean, if the kind of bombs that you dropped off air, you'll want to be Adrian Wojnowski, some bitch. Um, but anyways, yeah, so, uh, we got a little bit of, it's, it's a lighter week, uh, in League of Legends. We're still some, we're still finishing up a lot of the, uh, worldwide spring playoffs, trying to see who's going to MSI, who's at the top of their charts. Um, we've got some interesting, uh, news to talk about, some interesting developments that have, uh, been, uh, occurring, uh, I'll both, say both uh, in player uh, development, if you will. Um, and I think we're going to go ahead and lead off with this as our biggest story. Um, over the past week, um, <laughs> I, I come to find out. Um, yeah, more, more, more on Jim Moira later there, buddy. Um we got a competitive ruling from Riot uh, at LOL Esports this week. Um, I'm, I don't know if we can uh, pull this up in English, but we'll try. Um, <laughs> which should probably tell you something. Um, well, I mean, granted, the kind of stuff that I've been watching on YouTube lately that's been mostly been in Japanese, but I have a feeling this is different. Let me see if we can find this in English. Uh, article. Um, 
I can't find it on LL Esports website, which is actually interesting. But then again, this is coming out of China. Yes, the LPL. Um, LGD mid laner Chen J. Bo has been found guilty by the LPL for match fixing after a series of messages with an outsider were leaked, which implicated him in plans to purposefully lose selected matches in the LPL spring split. Like, this is actual clear-cut match fixing. Going all the way back to the days of uh, the big Serie A soccer scandal back nearly 20 years ago now. Jesus, I feel old saying that. Yeah, you you would put an actual real-life historical something or other to this. Um... And unfortunately, this isn't the first thing out of the LPL for match fixing. Um, if you guys remember from the offseason, we talked about this pretty extensively, but 38 players and coaches were banned from the LPL and its development league, the LDL, um, after a broad and vast investigation of match fixing allegations that took place across 2020 and 2021. Um Apparently, they just can't, like, seem to not realize over there in China, stop trying to fucking fix matches. Um, the allegations are coming after LGD failed to reach playoffs. They ended the split with a fantastically horrible 3-13 and record, uh, tying for last place with Thunder Talk Gaming. Um... And as of April 8th, Jay has been banned for life for competing in any Riot game or Tencent-affiliated tournaments. Um, the most specific allegations, which were kind of the nail in the coffin here, so to speak, uh, pertain particularly to an LGD match versus BLG on March 20th and an unspecified game versus Top Esports. Um, but when, when I say that he got caught red handed, he, he quite literally got caught red handed. Um, like there's screenshots of, um, messages on Weibo, uh, of, of him talking with somebody discussing payment for his role in the match fixing. Well, I mean, Jesus, I've heard of inting, but this just takes it to a whole ass new level. This, Yeah, no, this isn't inting. This is like there, the, people who there is a special place in hell for people who int, but this is worse. Um, But officially, he has been found guilty of the violation or of violating uh, multiple sections of the official LPL rule book, which include articles 11.1, .1, which is involvement in match fixing, 11.3, involvement in gambling, and 11.2.5, uh, lack of cooperation with the investigation. Of course. Um, not only is he banned, but, uh, you know, on top of good measure, uh, LGD imposed their own sanctions. Um, 
uh, saying that they fired him immediately after the allegations were confirmed. Uh, they've also stated that they are reserving the right to pursue legal responsibility. Uh, I, I put that in quotation marks there uh, after they fired him. Um, which means they may try to go after him for some sort of breach of contract or something. At the very least. Um, but that's that's our, our major leadoff story, I want to say, um, for, for the week. Um, apparently, this isn't the only information we're getting out of uh, LPL this week, though. Um, superstar Doyenby, uh, mid laner for LNG Esports and former world champion, uh, back on April 6th, uh, so last Wednesday after we recorded, um, via a live stream, went on and said that LPL's in-person attendance at MSI 2022 is in jeopardy. Um, according to him, a combination of Shanghai quarantine policies and scheduling mm -hmm. conflicts could mean that the LPL is forced to play remotely while the tournament is held in person in Busan, Korea. Yeah, um, things are not too good in Shanghai. It's getting to the point to where government workers are handing out groceries to their residents. The lockdown has gotten that bad. Yeah, the... Um... Hold on one second here. Sorry. Um, they haven't mentioned uh, Riot hasn't commented on the LPL status yet. Um, remote play from China to Korea isn't impossible. Uh, LPL repeated uh, competed remotely for the 2020 uh, MSI Cup on about 30 to 40 ping, which uh, is a slight disadvantage. It's not by any means playable or unplayable. Um and like you said, it's getting bad over there in Shanghai. Um, LPL also that same Wednesday did release an official announcement stating, um, and I quote, due to the current COVID situation, actually, hold on, I'm going to do this because it's a tweet. And while well, we love our check the tweet segment here on uh, whatchamacallit, on League to the Max or whatever. And the so uh, Twitter tweeting, tweeting, fleeting, fleeting ephemeral. Check the tweets. And the emails. As another disembodied voice tries to muscle in on a gimmick, apparently. And the fact it didn't even execute it properly like I tried to. Uh, but yes, we have a tweet. If we could go to the tweet, I will read the tweet. Uh, whoop, whoa, whoa, whoa. Can't go to the tweet just yet. I had to change something. Are you on the wrong Twitter account again? Yes, this time I recognized it, though. Okay, good, because I was going to say, it's not like that last time where I, you know, I had to sit here, hey, 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 Dr. Manhattan, old buddy, old friend, old pal, you know you're on the wrong Twitter account right now, right? Yeah, this time I caught it. Needless to say, I was looking at things the past couple of days. 
Uh, well, here's the official announcement from the LPL. Uh, it says, and I quote, uh, due to the current COVID situation to protect the health and safety of our players, coaches, team personnel, and staff, we have decided to postpone the playoff schedule to April 12th and onward, and the games will be played remotely. The spring split final schedule will be released later. Please stay tuned for the follow-up updates. We appreciate Needless to say, it is going to be um, a very, very tight squeeze for the LPL's representative um, coming up to MSI, right? It's going to be a brutal schedule for them. They have the mid-season invitational. They have domestic summer splits. They have to factor in scheduling of the Asia games. Um. They, they they may be playing, uh, and this is a, a quote directly from Doyen B. The summer split may only may only last over a month at most. There may be four best of three games a day. We should play one match about every two days, not four in a day. That, that emphasis is mine, but oof. Um, Yeah, the quarantine period required upon re-entry to Shanghai is 21 days, uh, meaning the LPL's MSI representative would still be under quarantine at the start of the newly scheduled summer split. Um, and there's very few options for a team to compete in quarantine. Uh, and that the only way uh, for the LPL to be able to compete at MSI would be through remote play. Um So, yeah. Overall, not really a good sign. I mean, with all of this, and then, as you said, there's fixture congestion, and then there's fixture congestion. And right now, there's fixture congestion. Um, needless to say, if you were a Chinese League of Legends player right now, maybe you're kind of hoping you don't have to play MSI. Maybe. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, you're, you're going to be busy. You're going to be very busy over the next two months. Um, two to three months, yeah. Um, so we'll have to wait and see what Riot has to say on this matter. Obviously, Riot has yet to release a statement, um, stating that they are going to allow or disallow remote play. So basically they're hovering around the case that says break glass in case of emergency. No, they're handing Riot the hammer for the case that says break glass in case of emergency and saying, look, it's an emergency, but we're not allowed to break the glass. Only you can. Mm. Well, that's what I was meaning as far as with riot, not necessarily LPL or themselves, but yeah, no, I think riot is definitely probably looking at the, you know, in case of emergency hit panic button uh, right now. I mean, you kind of have to because you're already down one region uh, in MSI. So if you're down two regions, especially one of your biggest 
international competing regions, you're not looking at a good tournament, especially when, honestly, the only possible competition that might be out there to the unprecedented run that T1 is on over in Korea right now would be a Chinese team. I don't use the term shit show curb stomp tournament often or lightly, but I think this is what you're looking at if if the LPL, if they can't find a way to get the LPL included in this tournament. But everybody knows that if that is the case and T1 does indeed just run rough shot over everybody, there's going to be an asterisk. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, if that happens, you do get an asterisk, just like the past couple of worlds technically have asterisks. 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 Asterisks on them <laughs> because of the fact that you couldn't get Vietnam there. Now, mind you, it's a very, very tiny asterisk, but still. Um, you had one worlds that was entirely remote play. Uh, and then you had uh, that was also missing a region. Uh, and then you had the 2021 Worlds, which while it was in-person competition, still missing a region. So. Uh, now, while we're on the topic of the LPL and Doyenby, um on his stream, he has also put out a rumor. Um, that mid laner Maple may be coming to North America. Um, Maple was released from his previous team, Anyone's Legend, uh, over in the LPL. Um, and apparently, Doyen B is the in the know, you know, he is the LEC Wooloo uh, of, of the LPL, apparently. Uh, and people have been, you know, looking to his streams and Twitters for for leaks on what's going on over there right now. Um, but he has mentioned um, that Maple um, is going to be coming to NA and that it's almost confirmed. All right, um, which would definitely be interesting because. Um, Maple is definitely a well-known mid laner. He's a high caliber one. Um, MSI 2021, he made it to semifinals with PSG Talon. Uh, in 2020 World's Finals, he was there with Suning Gaming. Um, he, he, he just, he's never really developed the brand or the name recognition um, to the likes of folks like Doyen B or Rookie or Faker or, you know, so on and so forth. Um, I'm not sure who or where he would go to in the LCS. Um, I would think TSM, but TSM's already got one Chinese mid laner, uh, Kaido. Um, unless that's not really working out for him and they're deciding they're going to release him early. And and take the 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 salary hit there. Um, I don't know if, if he is coming over. It'll be interesting to see where he lands. Um, and I think it's safe to say that it might actually be a shocker. 
Um, but you know, obviously we'll, we'll stay tuned to that. Um, we'll be keeping track of off season changes, um, as you know, both MSI and the, the off season between or the mid season break really, um, between spring and summer continues. Um, now speaking of players that are, you know, moving around and coming back and retiring, uh, and things like that. Um, we've, we've got a, a good bit of player news. Um, moving over to Korea, um, after a one split absence, uh, world champion top laner, Nug, Nug, nah, nah, I can't talk tonight. Apparently Nuggery, there we go will return to competitive League of Legends, and he is rejoining Damn One Kia. Um, Nuggery, obviously, world-class top laner, widely considered one of the best top laners in the world at the height of his career. Um, did a three-year split, uh, stint, not split, or split, both of those terms work. Uh, with Damn One Gaming back when they were Damn One Gaming and, and not Damn One Corporate Sponsorship, <laughs> um, you can see you could. You, you, I mean, we've talked about how I feel about this on previous episodes. I mean, again, you're not wrong. You and I are of the same mindset about that. Um, during which time he did win two world champ or two regional cha uh, regional championship titles and a world championship titles. Um, he took the leap. He joined FPX over in uh, China. During his time in the LPL, he won the 2021 summer split, but bombed out in group stages at 2021 Worlds. Uh, and after what was widely considered an unsuccessful year, uh, he decided to return to Korea, take a hiatus, um, and turn down multiple offers from teams in order to take a sabbatical. Um, but now uh, sources are telling Horizon Esports uh, that he has agreed to return to his former team, Damn One Gaming, for the 2022 summer split. Um, and with this in mind, I think it is safe to say, um, obviously we don't know whether or not he's going to be the starting top laner. Uh, if he's going to split time with Birdall or if they're going to bench Birdall entirely or if they're going to let him ride the bench, right? Like that that whole situation is clearly up in the air still. But I think it is very safe to say if Nuggery comes back and he is still on form and he can find the success that he once had with, damn, with the damn one squad, Come world, somebody better look out. Mm-hmm. Especially given the top lane focused meta that we're looking at right now. Um, with with even more increased pressure on top laners to perform with very little resources, um, and you know, effectively not lose lane and you know, do even more stuff than they're normally or previously weren't anticipated to do yeah i this could be deadly 
Um, so again, stick with us here at League to the Max or whatever. We'll uh, we'll continue to cover this. Um, if we get more news on if he's starting or not, obviously we will definitely be sure to cover it here. Um, now, speaking of people and getting offers, right? Um, we got some interesting news over the past week. Um, T1 CEO Joe Marsh recently revealed in a recent podcast that sadly was not lead to the max or whatever. The number one news, the news podcast for League of Legends professional scene content. You could totally send all of your, uh, you know, if you want to be on the show, contact me on Twitter at the Adesian or via Discord. The link is below. Or be a disembodied voice. Thank you for ruining my professional cut of actually trying to get professional people on this podcast. Disembodied voice number three. Number three. Did I say number three? Yes. I'm thinking of point of viewer. You know what? He is point. He is number three. He doesn't even exist. Yeah, fair point. Um, anyways, Joe Marsh recent podcast uh, mentioned that Faker, uh, just as you know, you saw in the opening clip there. You know, we've got the Faker versus Ryu, one of the greatest. You know league professional moments and outplays of all time. Um, Faker was a free agent this past off season. We talked about this, you know, back during the off season a few months ago. Mm -hmm. Remember the Oakland A's and Billy Bean, where he got that, that coaching offer from the Red Sox. Yeah. Would have made him the highest paid coach in the history of baseball. Yeah. Yeah, Faker got an offer that actually got multiple offers, but one that stood out in in particular would have made him the highest paid League of Legends player of all time. Go on. I'm listening. An LPL team, the rival league to Korea, right? Mm -hmm. An LPL team offered him a... 20 million dollar a year contract what 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 okay what what the that yeah, twenty no, million dollars okay, okay, a on. year. We're talking LPL, Chinese yeah. League of Legends. Yes, the not highest, the, the highest level of Chinese League of Legends play. Yes, not the Chinese Basketball Association. No, not the Chinese Super League Soccer. No, LPL. Yes, throwing down that kind of money. Yes. And this is unheard of. I mean, North America, who is notorious for giving out oversized paychecks, our most expensive players are being paid three, three and a half million maybe a year. 
we're talking like what two to three times that or sorry like seven times that amount roughly if if you're talking at the three range seven if you're talking three and a half you're talking about a little over five about six Five, five yeah. to seven times the amount of a normal league player, like even the highest played player in North America, but like contract. Nihau ma, oh sure, Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> I got to practice my Mandarin so I can get this kind of coin. I suggest you do too. Yeah. <laughs> Here's here's the funny part, right? As we all know, he turned it down. I, I, um, I, um. <laughs> That's twice tonight. I, I. Um, it is reported that he chose to re-sign with uh, T1 for $2.5 million three-year deal. Um, that was in 2017. Um, it is apparently... Uh, at the end of that three-year deal in 2020, he re-signed for a, and got a $1.9 million increase. Um, for a total of $5 million. And he has a $2.1 million option. There are so many questions right now. <laughs> it's the first one, how to play League of Legends. <laughs> how to play League of Legends. How did why did he turn down 20 million? Why am I in the wrong line of business? <laughs> um he's been with uh T1 for 10 years. I mean, loyalty, but jeepers. I mean, if a team is treating you right, you have synergy with the team, and the team has already scrapped and rebuilt their entire roster, coaching staff included, and you were the only some bitch to survive. I think that warrants a little bit of loyalty, don't you? 20 million is 20 million. I know I'm normally on the other side of this, but the kind of things that I could do, especially in China and other countries, based on a very favorable exchange rate with $20 million. Well, we're, we're, we're talking about exchange rates back to the U.S. Like, we're talking exchange rates from, from Chinese, um, what is it, yuan? Yeah. Yuan. Um, to, to U.S. dollar. 
So it wasn't 20 million U.S. It wasn't 20 million U.S. It was the equivalent of 20 million U.S. But even still, okay, looking at the exchange rate right now, even though the Chinese yuan is extremely strong, 20 million U.S., do you realize that is still 130 million yuan? 130 million renminbi. Yeah. Again, I emphasize the kind of things that I would be able to do with even a fraction of that money. Especially inspired on certain things that I have seen on YouTube. Granted, would you see me for a day or two? Probably not. <laughs> but still. I'm. This really leads me to believe even further the rumors that went out during the offseason as well that TSM offered Faker $40 million. We talked about this. I know I we know, talked about this. I know, but you still just can't throw out, you know, those sorts of numbers at my ass and 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 Okay, so forty million dollars in exchange rate in Japanese yen and Thai bot. But so the funny the the, the, the the kicker to all of this T1 is still like sponsored by SK Telecom, right? Yes. SK Telecom is footing the bill for Faker's uh, salary entirely. Yes, as you would think. No, 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 no. Like T1 is technically an entirely separate entity from from SK Telecom now. Oh, oh. That's why oh. they're not SK Telecom T1. Oh, oh. Oh, but it's it's heavily rumored that Faker's salary is still being covered by SK Telecom, and that Faker's high salary is not affecting the salary of anybody else on T1, uh, and that people aren't going to have to take pay cuts just to cover Faker. So kind of like for how they do the designated player here in Major League Soccer. Why do I have a feeling you have no clue what that is? What gave it away? The look on my face or the dead silence? Both. Okay, then. Uh, long story short, designated players in Major League Soccer, they are paid and basically like from an entirely separate account. Their salary does not count towards any MLS salary cap rules. You get a maximum of, I believe, three on each team okay david beckham was the first when he was lured away from real madrid to the los angeles galaxy um and apparently yeah it's five million base salary because i'm i did a little bit of research here um and then he can get 2.1 million dollars in performance bonuses 
and has an additional year option on his current contract. Okay, so that's still some good coin. Okay, I don't entirely feel so bad. Um, five billion one plus option, which is the same as his previous years. I'm reading a translated article from a Korean web from a Korean news website. Yeah, so if you're looking at exchange rates as they are now, yeah, that's roughly four point five million dollars U.S. So. But yeah, no, I mean, that's just got to be like absolute nuts. Um, But according to Joe Marsh, he says, quote, Faker doesn't need money. He has money. He's super successful. And he's made really strong investments in Korea. There's literally a building he owns called Faker Tower, and it's worth a lot of money. He's done really well financially. It's about where he thinks he can compete the most and win. Whoa, 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 stop, time out. Did I hear you correctly? Faker Tower? How can we be his best friend? Um, And yes, I said we. Be very humble. The man spends equivalent the equivalent to about two hundred dollars U.S. a month. Yeah, I couldn't live that cheap. And I don't think it's so much about living cheap. It's he he has most everything taken care of of, of for him. He, he he's got a team house. He doesn't really have much that he needs to or wants to spend money on. I mean, the man bought a fucking tower for God's sakes. Yeah, you're not wrong. And according to Google, it's right in the middle of um, Gangshou. Probably mispronouncing that, but um, in Seoul. That's a district in Seoul. G-A-N-G-S-E-O. Ah, Gangshou. And it's apparently the same building where he grew up. The kind of flex to be able to pull that off. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you got to realize Faker's like the Michael Jordan of fucking esports, man. Yeah, but even he's still, the Tiger Woods of esports. He's the Richard Pryor of esports, right? Like he is the goat. There will never be a there. There, there, there will never be another Faker. I don't care how hard you try or how talented you might be, just flat out, there will never be another faker. Just like there will never be another Michael Jordan, there will never be another Tiger Woods, there will, be an, there will never be another Richard Pryor, there will never be another Shaq, right? There will be another. There'll never be another Barry Bonds, you know? Minus the cream or the clear. Y- you get what I mean, though. I know. I was right there with you, but I had to say that about Barry Bonds, and I was even going to make a uh, Joel Embiid reference based upon recent NBA news, which we'll be talking about on Thursday. On? The Broadhurst Walk-In Sports Report. 
sports in black and white. Thank you. Come on, you can't set me up and not finish the setup. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Um, 2023 will mark his 10th year under the T1 banner. Um, and he's only 25 years old. So dude, he's not even he's not even at the point of mandatory military conscription yet. He's getting close, but he ain't there yet. Yeah, because I was going to say that's going to be coming up at about 28. Yeah, so he's got three years. And then hell. And at that point, I guarantee you his ass is either going to do one of two things. One, he's going to ghost like a motherfucker. We're never going to see or hear a faker ever again. Or B, he's going to come back and he's going to be the next fucking, um, oh my God, the dude's name was literally just at the tip of my tongue and now it's gone. Um, holy fucking hell, it was there and now cause, it's gone. Because I was going to say, it's something like that. If you can get another three years under his belt. If I'm him and I'm doing all that, yeah, I'm just retiring and saying, you know, fuck this shit, I'm out. <laughs> Coma, thank you. That's I'm like, it was there five minutes ago and now it's gone. Um, Like, he'll be the next fucking coma if he comes back and coaches. I guarantee it. That dude is the epitome of the built different meme. Like he has, he, he is LS 10 times improved, right? He has a different outlook on the game. He has a different, better mechanical execution on the game. The man knows league of legends to, to, to quote a famous movie. I will have forgotten more about that man will have forgotten more about league of legends than you and I will ever learn. I mean, that's a gigantically fair assessment. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's I saw that, and I'm like, you, why? So yeah. Um, now. We can't talk about Faker without talking about Ryu. As someone on this podcast mentioned before, it's mandatory. Um, and it's also mandatory that we roll the clip because we're talking about Faker versus Ryu. So let's roll the clip. Token Korea, the fifth. Um, I love this clip. Ryu dies every five seconds. It means like. Someone watches the Faker versus Dude Z clip every five seconds. I mean, seriously, this is oh, why this so man is getting paid $20 million a year. Or try to get or people want to pay him $20 million a year, right? Yeah. I mean, and this was Faker, like, in his, like, kind of rookie prime years, right? 
media cleanse. Oh. Look at the shadow like, swaps. I mean, the cleanse, right? We had QSS removing Death Mark. That's, those are mechanics oh, that have not existed in League of Legends for a very oh, long time. To the living shadow again. This clip is old. Um, but that that face, you go back to that face. Uh, that 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 face, the 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 Ryu face. Well, guess what? We're gonna be seeing more of it very soon. Uh oh. Um, as you know, uh, Ryu left in 2020. He had to undergo his compulsory military service. Um, he has now been discharged from the army, uh, and has completed his military service. And would like to return to professional League of Legends as a coach. Um, in another check the tweet segment, we have you guessed it a tweet. And I'm waiting, and I, I just posted it. I know, um, no, not no. waiting on the tweet, waiting on, hey, my computer and internet to acknowledge. But uh, yeah, I said, like, hey guys, been a long time since I tweeted. I want to say that I'm discharged from the army two weeks ago. Feels awesome. And now I want to work as a coach. If you're interested in me, feel free to contact me. Um, He, you know, 28, pretty young, especially becoming a coach. Um, started his career in 2013 as part of KT Rolster. Um, you know, that, that, uh, championed that, that final of the 2013 summer split against SKT, uh, where he loses in the narrow two to three defeat, uh, in that, that silver scapes fifth grade, fifth game where you get the greatest outplay clip of all time. Um, it, at the end of 2014, he leaves South Korea, um, heads over to Europe for a while. Then he comes over to North America for some time, plays in North America until 2019. Um, and that's when uh, when he couldn't make playoffs in summer 2019. He parted ways with 100 Thieves, which was the team that he was on. Uh, and then he retired a year later to do his military service. And now he's back and he wants to be a coach. So. I wish him the best of luck. I think he's got a lot to bring to the table. Oh, of course. I think there's a, quite a few teams that would be happy to have him on the coaching staff. Um. In more news, because, again, check the tweets. And the emails. Um, speaking of coaching changes and coaches, um, Nongshim ha has released their head coach, SBS. Not to be confused with a different SBS. That I just saw an interesting documentary on. Um... And uh, that same day, <laughs> in fact, an hour later, if you look at the timestamps on the tweets, uh, which oh. we'll get in a moment here, um, Irene 
uh, another experienced coach, has signed with the team through 2024. Um, and he has been part of multiple, Irene's been part of multiple teams, such as LEC's team Vitality. He was part of LCS's CLG and Evil Geniuses, securing playoff spots with those squads. Um, and he's got two World's Championship appearances under his belt. Um, he was with Supermassive and Galatasaray in 2020, 2018, not 2028. Um, Supermassive to win Worlds 2028? Question mark? Hashtag bet on Bavada. 21 means 21. God damn it. Please gamble responsibly. Obey all local gambling laws. I mean, you set me up for that, so. Um, uh, no, he was with uh, Galatasaray in 2021 and Supermassive in 2018. Um... Irene will probably make some changes. Um, the LCK summer split start date hasn't been announced yet. Um, but with MSI finishing uh, at the end of May, it'll likely be June. Um, so we'll keep an eye on uh, Nongshim uh, in the LCK and see how they perform in the summer split with the coaching changes. Um so, um, lots of news going on right now. Yeah, it certainly sounds like it. Um, as we, uh, we'll take a break for a moment for station identification and, uh, hop into our next, next batch of stuff to talk about here. Yeah, uh, as those of you who happen to be watching us live on Facebook, facebook.com slash W2M Network, twitter.com slash W2M Network, twitch.tv slash W2M Net. As I'm going to disembodiedly stare at someone, uh, we more than appreciate you. Of course, naturally, there's going to be some replays going up later tonight as this will be available in the YouTube archives. You know exactly what I was talking about there. But for those of you who happen to take your podcast orally, Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean, CastBox, Overcast, rate and review us five stars on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Pods, Apple Pods, you name a podcast platform, we're most likely on it. If we are not, Send your hate mail to s.garmer at gmail.com. Be like Marty Bass, and we will definitely take everything under advisement. So, last week in League, um, we're, we're going to cover that real quick here. We're almost a month away from the start of MSI. Um, we, Like I said last week, we've got our first major region representative locked in with T1 um the LEC locked in G2 um they're on the way to MSI right now as that disappears off of my screen here here we go um LCS we don't we won't know uh they're still in the middle of playoffs they won't they won't conclude until the end of the month. Um, Southeast Asia, the PCS, uh, that'll be this weekend. 
uh, Vietnam also the 24th, um, Latin America this weekend. Uh, Turkey's representative is decided, the Istanbul Wildcats. Um, nobody yet from CB Law. Um, no surprise to anyone, Detonation Focus Me, um, who I might remind you went absolutely winless at Worlds 2021. Um, had a virtually flawless, uh, domestic regular spring, regular season, 19 and two, um, they'll be heading to MSI yawn, uh, Oceania, the LCO, their representative has been locked in, uh, team order or order gaming, excuse me. Uh, they just go by order apparently. Um, and that's it. We're still waiting on quite a few people to uh, figure things out here. Um, G2, despite rebuilding their roster, um, if you remember from the offseason, all they had to work with was Caps and Yankos. Um, they 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 went out on a limb and brought in some, some rookie unproven talent. Um, they dropped a game to Fnatic in the initial round of the playoffs, uh, but they clean swept the lower bracket. They went 12 and 0 in that lower bracket, didn't lose a single game. Uh, and they're coming out on top and they're on the way to MSI, which, uh, honestly, I'm, I'm happy. Uh, this is a team that normally, uh, it dominates the LEC and it was weird to not see them. Uh, as a representative at Worlds last year, getting narrowly edged out, and then all of the uh, European drama that happened with said Fnatic team. Um, so yeah, I'm happy to, to to see them get a shot at international play again. Um, obviously, we're we're still waiting um, to to see you know who goes up against them, and more importantly, Team One. Uh, like we mentioned last week, uh, unstoppable force for sure. Um, unprecedented clean sweep of their entire regular season went undefeated. Um, has not been done before. So kind of what unprecedented means. Um, I feel like I want to say something about that moment, but I'm just going to let it go. Um. Yeah, no, this T1 team, though, is unstoppable, right? And it'll be interesting to see um, what they do and where they go from here. Um, from here, we're kind of, uh, you know, like I said, T1 is, is on top. It's... In the LEC, uh, to be honest with you, if you're a, if you're a Vitality fan, you're not having a good time. Um, after after that that LEC playoffs run, um, this continues to prove the point that super teams do not win you splits. They don't win you championships. They just get you some momentum that ends up crashing and burning when you need the momentum to be at its best. That is pretty much every uh, super team I have seen 
has almost always invariably ended up as a okay great in the regular season you get to the playoffs and something happens and it falls apart or it just falls apart from the word go it's one of the two um this is no different sadly um in other news um we talked about this partly um last week but it is confirmed 100 percent uh riot has canceled uh, all cis events in league and valorant um due to the global conflict um which means they will not have a team at MSI, just like we stated. Um, but this has been 100% confirmed. Um, Riot has still not confirmed who is going to fill the spot for the LCL, if somebody's even going to fill the spot. So. Uh, I mean... It's a way to where they have enough time to figure things out, especially since teams are still in playoffs. But again, you can tweak the schedule with that one triangular group and the rest of the groups remaining quadrangular, and it could still work. It could. I mean, Riot is probably... Trying to figure out the best way to hit the in case of emergency break glass button without like having to sabotage the entire thing. Right. They're trying to they're trying to figure out a way a way to remove the glass pane without breaking it so that they can hit the button. Seems a bit circuitous. I mean, I think that's the boat that they're in right now. They don't want, I don't think they're yet at the point, although they're dangerously flirting the line um, where they're in an actual break glass emergency, but they definitely need to do something soon. Because uh, as it stands, they've got what? Um two or three regions that possibly may not be able to participate right now. Mm-hmm. Um, if I remember correctly, yeah, we've got the LCL. Um, and we now possibly have the LPL. Um, we did get Vietnam back, thankfully, um, for international competition, but... Yeah, I think Riot might have to sit and, like, you know, especially uh, given the whole LPL situation, Riot might have to break glass in the cleanest way possible. Um, and and have to they're they're gonna have to figure something out, right? Mm hmm. Um, because one team missing, I think Riot can deal with that, right? Especially right. as much as I hate to say it, but a minor region team. I mean, yes, they're still technically a major region, but we're talking a wild card region effectively. Right. 
Um, missing a wild card region is not going to be the end of the world. Now, missing a like major international competitive region, you know, the same region that holds the 2021 World Championship winner, that'll be a problem. That's a problem. And if you missed last week's show, that 2021 defending world champion got eliminated in the regular split, by the way. Yeah, EDG is not having a good year so far. Championship hangover. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think they got to break glass and they got to do it soon. Um, on to news from the streaming side of League of Legends. Um, so personalities more than teams kind of um our last little bit of news before we go there um i do kind of have to talk about cloud nine for just a moment um cloud nine really trying to uh uh uh, uh not have to visit a famous wheel of fortune puzzle oh um you know the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat uh, at the moment, they're on the thrill of victory part. They've already had the agony of defeat once. Um, they have full-on activated fudge factor, though. Um, the, the fudge factor of worlds is back. Um, they are running rampant through the lower bracket right now. Um... They got a clean sweep over Golden Guardians. Um, and right now they're they're looking pretty good um to, to get to the finals. Uh Winsome actually got benched. The 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 primary support player or the starting support player actually got benched. Um he's been shifted over to the Academy roster for the foreseeable future. Um, and Isles has made his Cloud Nine debut. Um, apparently, according to head coach Max Waldo, this change stemmed from struggles with scrims, and as an as an attempt to reevaluate how the team would be able to continue their playoffs run. So. Um, C9 are definitely playing with the mentality that they're aware that any minor mistake could result in a one-way ticket to the Benchville. Um, coming off of the loss that they had against 100 Thieves, they definitely look completely reinvigorated. Um, they're, they're definitely playing better fundamental League of Legends and trying to establish early game leads which is not something that Cloud9 normally has tried to do in the past from what I've noticed. Um, but as almost expected, C9 fed the snowball lead into Fudge, um, who went a scoreline against Golden Guardians of 26 
one and 23 across a three game series. As I wait for shocked embodiment look on his face, because I know it's got to be there. It's less shock, more like attempting to better compute. Yeah, 26-1 and 23 across three games on Victor and LeBlanc. Um, and in, in typical Cloud9 fashion... Trash talking in the post game interview, think saying that uh, C nine has a great chance to win the split uh, is typical C nine behavior. Uh, he, um, mm, 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 mm. There it is. Hmm. Um. So now moving into, uh, you know, more on the streamer side of things and left less on the prof the professional side of things, kind of, sort of. Uh, speaking of Cloud9, former Cloud9 head coach and back to being a Twitch streamer, Nick Ellis de Cesare, <laughs> has revealed that he, quote, feels bad for Team One's MSI opponents and has predicted T1 to win Worlds 2022 following their unprecedented dominant 20-0 performance during spring split. I mean, really, way to go out on a limb there. <laughs> uh, I mean, you, you know what? This early, I think it kind of is going out on a limb a little bit. Because you don't know what the hell people are going to do in that in in the off season or well not off season but off season break uh, to make changes. I mean, we've seen teams completely gut scrap and rebuild in spring after a complete scrap gut and rebuild just utterly failed the spring split. Um, but, uh, as, as can be expected, we again have a check the tweets <laughs> and, and the, emails. the emails, um, from LS. Uh, but during his co-stream of the LCK finals, he says that he feels bad for any NAE or EU team that has to go up against T1. Um, pretty much because he's pretty sure they're going to get their asses beat, which I mean, he's not wrong. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, granted, as you said, all things can happen in between splits, but it's one of those things to where you really could see it happen, especially if they take summer as seriously as they did spring. I mean, every team takes summer seriously. Like, spring split has never meant really a whole lot of much to anybody, right? 
But summer, I mean, that's the whole kit and caboodle, right? Like if you mm -hmm. miss summer, you know, you're not going to Worlds. You're not getting the chance for the Summoner's Cup. You know, you, you don't get that opportunity to sit there and say, hey, look, Ma, I'm the best, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think every team takes summer seriously. And like I said before, some teams don't take spring as seriously because there aren't any stakes for summer. Or for spring, excuse me. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens, right? Maybe he's right. Maybe he's wrong. Maybe T1 somehow bombs in summer. We've seen it happen before. Um, so, um, in more news, um, about washed up coaches turned streamers. I mean, um, wow. <laughs> I can't say that about a LS is a good coach. Um, Monte Cristo on the other hand, great, great caster and analyst, not so great coach, definitely not a good team owner. Uh, and one of these days we're going to have to con, we're going to have to talk about the renegades controversy. Oh, Jeebus. Um, and that mess of shit. Um, but, um, Monte Cristo was on a, uh, I guess you could say podcast. It's a show similar to ours, semi podcast, semi, you know, video interview show topic mm. show. Mm hmm. Um, he addressed some criticisms about um, CLG's team fielding their academy roster for the final week of LCS play. Um, and they said that the the CLG decision uh, again. We've got a we've we've got a tweet because we've always got a tweet because this is check the tweets. And the emails. Um, CLG uh, says, and and the tweet quotes: um, "The team has had an amazing split, finishing first in the regular season in the academy. Uh, we want to re reward them with the opportunity to showcase their talent on the main stage." Um, Monte Cristo pretty much goes on this this the show. Um, and addressed some criticisms from the fans and the community, um, saying that the move was unfair to teams still looking to qualify for the playoffs. Um, and Monte Cristo, uh, is, is quoted saying, if CLG want to fuck around and run their full Academy roster to give them stage time and evaluate potential changes for the next split, that is their prerogative. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, he argued that if a team was affected by CLG changing their roster, then they put themselves in that position by not being able to secure their playoff spot early enough and that CLG were not responsible for giving that team the ideal conditions in which to win. Um, 
Christian, I will dominate Riviera, who's also uh, who's one of the co-hosts uh, on this podcast. Um, agreed with the sentiment, uh, saying I really don't feel that bad about an eight and ten team not making the playoffs. Um, which we're referencing the only teams who could have potentially lost out because of the CLG swap. Um, and he goes on to say, uh, when I look at the LCS overall, and I think what would be a really egregious use of an academy team, I don't think this is the one where I'm pissed about it. Uh, and yeah, no, I think you're right, John. This is definitely a case of I didn't do this to you. You did this to you. Quit arguing over bullshit. Um, Monte Cristo has always had what some people would call hot takes or spicy takes or controversial takes or telling it like it is. And this is one of those times where I continue to agree with him telling it like it is. Um, if the people, if, if fans don't like it, shut the fuck up. Cause you know, CLG is within the rules and within their right to run whoever the fuck they want on their Academy team. They've got 12 players for a reason. I mean, in a, this they are point. legally allowed to swap between Academy and their main roster how they want to. Yeah, and I mean, at this point, what really matters is not so much for the fans, like to a point, it's about the players themselves. Yeah, and I no, honestly, exactly. and then I think that this is really a great thing. It's like, hey, this is what you've done in the academy, you know? Yeah, if, the, if, if they're number, yeah, if they're number one in the academy, then fuck it, yeah, give them some LCS stage time. Yeah. Let them go play on a big stage where they're actually be seen by an audience. I oh, mean, wait, did I say that out loud? I mean, it's just Has we been like... canceled by Riot yet? I don't think. Okay, good. <laughs> but I was just going to say, I mean, it's just like when you have, you know, good enough rookies that are in your reserve team. You've got extra competitions and scheduling. It's like, hey. Have yourself a senior team debut. Get a run out. Get some minutes on the big time. We see this in a whole bunch of other sports. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. Um, now, speaking of players um, and, and playing League of Legends, um, Doublelift on his new show thing that he has, God, it seems like everybody has a show now. By the way, if you're listening to us, we thank you for making us your number one choice of League of Legends news here Tell on League of Legends to the Max or whatever. And another run in. I mean, we're going to have to cut a proper commercial for this episode one of these days. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um Twitch streamer and former league professional double lift. Um called out LCS players who are not utilizing the new champions queue to actually practice and improve. 
it's kind of funny. They people bitch about, hey, we don't have tools to practice and yada, yada, yada. Riot's like, okay, you've bitched enough. Here you go. And now people aren't using it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no. Um, Champions Q has been popular with some top players. Uh, but Doublelift has pointed out, and, and I know that others uh, have pointed this out as well, um, that LCS players just aren't practicing, uh, and some of them are just ignoring it entirely. Um, he looked at Team Dignitas on uh, March 26th and was stunned to see that, the else, that their squad averaged merely four games of Champions Q's matches over the previous week mm, mm, mm. and he, he he goes on to quote and say i don't know what's going on what are they doing i've been a pro player for 10 years i know what people can do after scrimmages to improve you can watch replays 1v1 or 2v2 and play solo queue that's it what they are doing at what are they doing after scrims they're probably just relaxing and hanging out with friends um, and then he echoed sentiments from Golden Guardian support Ole, a huge proponent of Champions Q, who called LCS players lazy. Um, he says, I think what's interesting about Ole's post is that in Eastern countries, there's no excuses. You just play like you just fucking play. It's a no brainer. It doesn't matter if you feel like shit. Um. And the uh, he, he goes on to say, I'm having so much fun playing Champions Q, and it's just a shame to me that some players kind of refuse to play it. Um, and then he goes to point out how some players have the most matches and that the ones that have the most matches in Champions Q are some of the best players in the league, like Team Liquid's core JJ. Um, and he finishes his rant pretty much by saying the people who practice a lot are usually good. There's a correlation between practicing and getting better. And it's, it's true. And it's funny because, you know, everybody bitches and complains. There's no good, you know, practice environments, practice tools. The ping is shit, yada, yada, yada. But they don't end up not using the tool that Riot gives them specifically for them, right? Like, I can't just open up the league client right now and go jump on Champions Queue. You have to be invited to it. And all of these people who are getting invited to it and aren't using it and just turning it up, it's like, to, to use that overused meme, it's free real estate, bro. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure they didn't use bro, but I get the meme. Yeah. It's like, how can you not use the thing that, like, the fact that Riot actually sat there and is like, oh, you really, you guys really want this. Okay, here you go. And I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the 2022 season, Riot shows up and says... Uh, due to uh, inconsistent usage or low usage and, and adoption or, you know, some some bullshit along those lines, we are removing Champions Q for the 2023 league season. If I'm a pro player, if I'm an org, I'm, I'm, I'm imposing mandatory time on Champions Q right now. 
Because like if people are complaining that it's taking like 10, 20, 30, even 40 minutes, like, you know, old challenger queue times to get a game when, you know, this server was specifically created and introduced to reduce queue times, to reduce queue times and to make it more accessible for professional players to play against other high quality caliber stuff, then I don't, I, I see why Riot could have an argument to remove it. Uh, and we have a comment from Jeremy Thomas. Thanks for listening, Jeremy. Isn't it an issue of whether those people can change their established schedules to fit the queue times? I'm not as on top of law news as I should be, but that was part of the concern to my understanding. Uh, it, to an extent, yes. Um, but champion's queue is not like the tournament realm or like the actual, you know, challenger ranking system where you're looking at like the top hundred players in North America, Champions Q, I think, has something around the lines of, I want to say, five to six hundred total accounts on it. It's it's not an insignificant amount. Like there's popular streamers like Doublelift um, who are ex-pro players. Like there's ex-pro players, there's challenger players, there's professional players and their coaches um, I think there's even like very high, like diamond one players that were invited to champions queue on there as well. Um, it's not as limited a pool of players to where your best time to get a game would be to know when challenger players are typically playing champions queue was more designed to whenever you want to hop on and get a high level professional style match you could do so but it's failing to meet the mark not because of riot but because the people that it was designed for and should be using it are flat out not using it at least not to the extent that they should be especially like i said with all of the the clamoring and complaining that we saw at international events and across social media you know in summer of 2021 So I, hopefully that answers your question. Um, but that's the, I, and again, I agree with double lift and Ole and a lot of the other people here who have been calling out professional players saying, Hey, we campaigned for this fucking use it. Uh, I, I completely agree, because like I said before, I think Riot's going to sit down because Riot is a data driven company. Riot does not make any changes to League of Legends without first looking at data, then looking at how it actually affects the game, the meta, the players, the, the community, etc. If this is costing Riot money, and of course it's costing Riot money because they've had to open up a server farm somewhere in California, which is, you know, big bucks in and of itself. Mm hmm. And the players aren't using it or the people that champ that, that are supposed to be able to access champions queue aren't using it. Riot's going to sit down and look at those numbers at the end of 2022 and say, hey, everybody complained and clamored that they want this. We caved into the social pressure. We gave it to them and now they're not using it. If they're not going to use it, why are we wasting the money on this? Let's just take it away. 
Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of you know changes that Riot makes without looking at data or with without looking at data first, um, remember last week we talked about that Nexus uh bug and that inhibitor bug where it chopped Nexus uh HP in half yeah. and completely removed health regeneration. Yes. Turns out that actually was a confirmed bug. Okay. Um Yeah, no, they uh <laughs> Uh, Riot released a hot fix almost immediately, uh, on, uh, resolved the issue. Um, not before multiple viral videos went out, uh, talking about, um, you know, oh, nerfs. Um, one particular video went out of a player by the name of Kitsuo. Uh, they played the newly reworked Rengar uh, and literally one hit the Nexus. We have a tweet. Please hold for the tweet. Going and awaiting the tweet. Because what are we good at in this podcast? Check Checking the tweets. the tweets. And, and the, the emails. emails. Thank you, Craig Ferguson. All right, if I can go back to this tab to get everything on screen. Now I can just play this. Hey guys, so I'm really new to this um, Twitter uh, video stuff, but um, I was playing this Holy Key game and uh, testing out the new Rengar, and I seem to have found something that uh, may or may not be a bug. So um, here we are approaching the end of the game. Um, I'm full build with 80% um, crit, and um, yeah, so uh, here I am going for a backdoor. Um, my ult's running out, so I'd use uh, the jump to the creeps here. They saw me on a pink, so the Vagar TPs to the creep uh, wave here. And then I'm me like being really scared uh, that this guy's just gonna one tap me. I go for the end on Nexus, and then I uh, discover something. Um, so the Nexus is full HP, and you may need to hide us for a second so you can. I one tap the Nexus. Um, so if anyone has any insight on this, um, let me know. But uh, this might just be a game-breaking bug. So yeah, game breaking bug indeed confirmed and hot fixed. <laughs> that new segment it's time to play feature or bug. Yeah, no, there's not enough of those out there for us to be able to do that. And thank God. If this was like 2013, 2014 League of Legends, oh yeah, we probably could do that segment every week. Um, but no. Um so yes, uh, Riot did did in fact confirm that that the the, the Nexus uh, stuff we talked about last week was indeed a bug. It was hot fixed. Everything is back to normal. Um, and as far as anybody is aware, no professional games were affected. Um, 
which is probably the best news out of all of this because um to use a baseball term because we love to appropriate analogies from other sports here on this show um that would have definitely been played under protest if that occurred oh yeah um well i don't know if you could play it under protest because you know once the nexus is gone there's no more game but um a protest would have been filed that's for sure um and speaking of uh, uh, streaming and whatnot, um, have you heard of the recent uh, new release game called Elden Ring? Yes, I have. Um, well, it it took it it, it chewed bubblegum, kicked ass, and took names on Twitch uh, at in February when it released. Um, and it became the most popular game on Twitch for a, a good time. Um, it was the the number one game on Twitch for a while. Um, almost a whole month, it looks like. Um, but League of Legends, once again, the number one streaming game on Twitch. Um, in March 22, most watched Twitch games, uh, by hours, League of Legends, 138,562,317 hours. Uh, Elden Ring came in at number two, 131,599,000, I promise I do know numbers. Um, I mean, you're someone who my roommate is a mathematician. My best friend's a mathematician. I'm surrounded by mathematicians, not to be confused with assholes, although sometimes both of them are assholes. Well, I mean, of course, everybody's got to have friends, as Harry mentioned. <laughs> yeah, God forbid we have friends, right, Harry? Um, and hashtag do the math. No, I prefer my math done for me. That's what I have you over there for. He beat me to the punch, and that's exactly what I was going to say. Um, and then uh, rounding out the top three, Grand uh, GTA Five, uh, 120, uh, literally just north of 128, or just south of 128 million hours, like just under. Mm -hmm. Um. I'm doing the worst kind of math right now. Financial math, tax math. By the way, if you need help with tax math, uh, this this wonderful podcast here, the W2M Network, is sponsored by our wonderful friends over at Rick's TNT LLC for all of your math and financial and tutoring tax needs. You know, they do it all over there. April 18th, right around the corner. Um. Mr. Watkins, you know more about Rick's TNT uh, LLC. Why don't you uh, tell them where they can be found? Because this is more of your plug department than mine. Well, I, I mean, you can always email the head of the company at eric.watkins.19 at gmail.com. You can also find them on Facebook at Eric Watkins, Guy, Wine, Recliner. I mean, we're... Hey, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. This ain't the end of the show. Well, I'm saying, you know, if they're looking for that kind of help, you reach out to the owner of the place directly. I mean, come on now. 
tutoring consultation or tutoring services available, tax consultation services, notary public services available in the state of Florida. There you go. Um, we got two more things, and then we're we're almost, and then we'll be done with the show. Here is we're coming kind of coming up at the one and a half hour mark here, which is pretty good actually. Um, a pretty interesting um article I found, uh, and we've got a Twitch clip. Uh, in the uh, in the chat there from a couple days ago, um, streamer Emiru um, was uh, playing a particularly brutal game. Um, game on <laughs> no. on right. stream, um, and was just getting like slammed by a champion called Viego. Um, Viego is definitely one of the more divisive champion designs that we've seen. Um, he can quite literally kill somebody and then possess them and use all of their abilities against your team. Ready for me to play the clip? Um, but anyways, I'll, we'll play the clip in a moment. Um... She she gets so pissed off that she manages to pull out her phone um, and call Riot's lead champion developer, August Browning, a.k.a. Riot August, uh, who designed the champion uh, and slammed it and him live on air. Play the clip. Game powdered. I don't, no, no, I can't even move. I'm calling August. Hello? Oh, that was fast. August, can we talk? Uh, yeah, what's up? So why did you make it so Viego can kill me from full health? I'm stunned the whole time. I, I was ulted as Jin and he just walked up and killed me. Well, you know, when I was making Viego, I thought, you know, one of these days, Emily's going to play against him. I want to have a really bad time. So I made him to counter Jin. That's, that's, uh, that, that's the story, actually. I, I hate Riot. <laughs> this is supposed to be my comfort game. Why did you do this? <laughs> Why are you laughing like that? Game powdered. I, <laughs> I, I, I mean, he explained it himself quite well. Yeah, no, that's pretty, uh, pretty, pretty good, uh, pretty good explanation to me. Um, fun fact: both of a, uh, both both of those champions, uh, the Jin and Viego, designed by August from the ground up himself. Um, I found that hilarious. I hope you guys did too. That's our little lighter news of the week. Um, a little bit of riot slash league news to, to end out the evening. Um, for those of you who follow riot pretty closely, you may or may not be aware that riot is currently working on an MMO. 
Um, it's currently being considered one of the most hyped projects in gaming history. Um, you know, think League of Legends meets World of Warcraft, right? Okay. Um, they're talking about getting a full-scale MMORPG adaptation and bringing the entirety of Rune Terror to life. Um, but the lead developer on the or on this project released you guessed it a tweet oh boy <laughs> as we check the tweets one last time tonight and the emails thank you because i was going to go to the other disembodied voice in about two seconds it's getting old <laughs> ass mode <laughs> um he I just broke myself. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, you know, Anyways. I nearly had something perfect for that. I mean, if you watch the original Craig Ferguson bit, they, they always said ass mode after they do the add the emails bit. No, the I robot was going... always says ass mode. No, not the ass mode part. More along the lines of a self-flagellation joke, but oh. the moment has passed. Um, but yeah, so Ghost Crawler, <laughs> uh, Jeremy Thomas. Uh, oh, good. Massive hype trades always work out great for upcoming video games. Uh, yeah. 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 No. <laughs> um, Ghost Crawler, the, the uh, product lead on this, uh, on this project, uh, he, he, sent out a tweet he says there's no guarantee this game will ship we are optimistic but you just never know until it does however assuming it does this will be the fourth major franchise i've worked on um i believe aoe would be age of empires uh world of warcraft and league of legends and likely the last and i am very okay with that it will be a good final act um he goes on in that thread there if you go down a little bit Going on. Um, he says, I started to say things like magnum opus, but it sounds but that sounds like it is my vision, and it very much comes from the team. I just steer the ship and watch for sea monsters. Hashtag release the Kraken. Um, not to be confused with the Seattle Kraken. Go Drew Carey. More on that on Life is Like a Game Show. Wait a minute, he owns some of them too. I think he does. I know he's got something to do with them. Um, besides the Seattle Sounders, of course, which he does have part ownership in. Yes. Um, I remember he had he was trying to get in with them as well. I don't remember the details. Look, Price is Right month was a long fucking month, okay? Yeah. No, no. Nothing with the Kraken. However, since MLS is getting into full swing, we may be talking about them if and when we do another episode of Soccer to the Max. Question mark, question mark, question mark. But yeah, I, uh, needless to say, I'm, I'm a little concerned about this tweet. Um, 
I don't think it's good when your product lead goes on Twitter and says, I'm not sure if the game is going to ship. Which leads me to think two things. One, they have encountered some sort of obstacle that cannot be negotiated around or overcome that is likely to shut down operations on the project. Or Paul. B, they're going forward with the project, but it may not meet Riot's standards of quality. Both of those in the today's current climate from a manufacturing design and logistical point of view are entirely plausible. Um, but it comes, the tweet actually comes after, and wait for it, wait for it, another tweet. Uh, came out earlier this week from Mark Yetter, who is the game director for Riot Games uh, MMO, the uh, feeling... saying... Go ahead. The feeling when you could have written a whole ass different description for this episode. <laughs> uh, uh, he says, quote, it's a long road for the MMO project trying to do it right. So we build something worthy of expectations. Sorry, you aren't getting a ton of updates from us quite yet, but we're a hard work. We're, we're hard at work. I'm pretty sure is what we're trying to say there. Making strides every day. This team has a lot of heart. Great as grateful as hell for them. Well, I mean, soon you'll be able to get some form of edit button, maybe, kind of. So he could say at work. Um, but yeah, there's there's still no solid details about the game, what regions are going to be in the game, the champions. There's there's uh, really there's there's not much that that's known about the game right now. Um, what we do know is in late 2019, um the league founder mark merrill teased plans for the mmorpg 12 months later riot vice president greg street um who we just talked about um ghost crawler officially and rather quietly confirmed that they are in the process of making the game uh and really that's about it <laughs> um there was a map that was released uh, a while back. Um, it's supposed to be there. Like I said, they're, they're looking to make it um, sort of like world of Warcraft, but especially when, you know, their head guy on the project is a former world of Warcraft designer. Yeah, I think that's a safe bet to, to, to make. I think that's mm -hmm. a very safe bet to make. Um, but I'm excited. I mean, you know, if it's, you know, if it's half as good as Arcane was, it'll be worth the wait. And I think after, I think the League fan base is realizing if League is putting the time into making sure something is right before it goes out, it's worth it. Of I think course. Arcane definitely proved that. 
Because it took them, like, what, nearly two years after they announced Arcane to actually get it out uh, I- and produced and animated and everything? I'm sorry, weren't you the same one last week who was bitching about how you have to wait until next year? Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm still going to continue to bitch and say that I'm pissed that I have to wait until next year for the next series of Arcane. Just because, just because I admit that they're taking the time to make it good does not take away from the fact that I'm still going to bitch about the fact that I have to wait for them to release it because I know they're taking the time to make it good. I'm aware I cannot have it both ways, but damn it, this is my show and I'm going to have it both ways. So you're going to have your cake and eat it too, I see. You some bitch. You some bitch, you're going way to your grave with that one. You're the one who's acting like this. I don't know what you're talking about. Of course you don't. But anyways, <laughs> um, that's the news this week is uh, we, we clock in with an hour, 45 minute show, which ain't bad. Um, and you were worried it was going to be a light show. So next, I, I know next week should definitely be... Um, Next week's definitely going to be a, a heavier show because we're going to have, what what did I say earlier, three, four regions that'll have uh, representatives locked in for MSI. So we'll start to see a clearer picture of uh, who T1 is going to curb stomp. I mean, um, who's going to who's face each other uh, at MSI? Yeah, I said what I said. You can at me on Twitter at the Adesian. I'll take your fucking... Anime avatar hate mail tweets. T1 is going to run roughshod over. Of course you'd do that. <laughs> T1 is going to run roughshod over whoever the hell shows up at MSI. And I, I, I'm, I'm not even mad. Like these teams got to step up their game. I mean, we're sitting here talking about teams in North America, not using a fucking practice tool that was given to them on a gold platter by riot after they bitched, moaned, whined, and complained for it. They they they, they fully deserve whatever rough shotting the T one gives them. I mean, you're not exactly wrong about this, or any other international team for that matter. If if a team has a good work ethic, it shows, and quite clearly, T one's got a good work ethic, and they've got players that are firing on all the right cylinders, right? Because I honestly think that you can take a team and get them all firing on the right cylinders. It might take time. It might take the right coaching in the right direction, but that's what we got these coaches for, right? That's what a coach is for. Yes. If a coach is halfway decent at their job, the job is not just about drafting, right? The job is about player development and, and, you know, saying, Hey, you fucked up in lane. Here's what you need to do in the future. Things like that. Like, sure, we have a lot of teams that are investing in the positional coach thing, which is great. I welcome it. But at the end of the day, the head coach job is not just about drafting. The head coach has to make sure that the team is firing correctly on on all the right cylinders. And if a head coach can make that happen and the team has the work ethic and the practice ethic to, to, you know, sit down and play the game and analyze the game and learn, you know, with the with the the mindset and an objective of improving then yeah they're they're gonna end up like t1 
or at least they'll end up damn close because there's very, I think at least nowadays, there's very few players playing professional league of legends that don't not, that don't have the tat, not have the talent to actually be there. Right. Like mm -hmm. we used to have it in the past. There, there used to be some players in the past, I think that had that, you know, they're, they're skating by kind of thing. But I think every single player through the entire like world that plays professional League of Legends is indeed a professional caliber player. And if properly developed on the right team with the right coach and the right group of people can be, you know, the next faker. I don't know if I could say that about every coach in the league, but I could definitely say that about every player. Mm hmm. But we'll be back next week to talk, you know, more about who got into MSI, uh, what the brackets are going to start to look like. Um, hopefully, Riot will release some news about their plans to deal with the LPL and um, the LCL, um, the Russian region, um, as far as their appearance at MSI. Um, and any other, you know, weird entertaining or otherwise, uh, League of Legends or Riot news here, both in North America and worldwide. Uh, but with that being said, you have been listening to League to the Max or whatever, a presentation of the W2Web Network available online everywhere you can find your favorite podcasts and also live via video on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Facebook. Well, I mean, technically not live on YouTube, but we almost never are. And we sure as hell won't be these next couple of months. Because, you know, stuff and reasons. Mutter, 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 rattle-itch. Anyways, uh, so yeah. Um, so I'm going to, you know, pull a, pull a backwards reversal here. I'm going to pull a Harry. Hey, uh, Eric, where can people find you online? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Squid Sports Head, where I'm going to be probably live tweeting some stuff. I mean, you've got USFL's opening weekend coming up, so expect some live tweets about that action. And when I'm not on Twitter or when I am not on Facebook, as mentioned earlier, Facebook, Eric Watkins, Guy, Wine, Recliner, you should know the drill right now. Oh, well, let's see. Right now, right now? Right now, by now, you know what I mean. Right now, by now, right now. Um, look, somebody here has to be able to do a better job of actually being able to words on this here show. Look, I talk professionally for a living. I think I know how to words on a podcast network. Really? 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 I feel like there's about to be an embodiment with a dirty look. There it is. Really? Okay. Okay. He's like, I'm going to remember that for Sunday, <laughs> you some bitch. And, uh, and speaking of Sunday, 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 point of viewer, Sunday nights on the network. Maybe soccer to the max, either Sundays or Wednesdays, with myself and Mr. Hate Mail himself, Sean Garmer, 
We're here on League to the Max Serve, whatever, on Mondays. You can join us both on Tuesdays for Life is Like a Game Show. This week, we will be covering Family Feud, the Middle Years. Pretty much every host except, except Richard Dawson and Steve Harvey on Tuesday nights. And Thursday nights, you can join myself and Harry Broadhurst for the Broadhurst Walk and Sports Report. Sports in black and white. Where we will be featuring our NBA playoff prit or predictions and some other big NBA news and with other sports things going on. Been a quite a busy week in that realm, too. Not to mention occasional uh, crashes from disembodied voices of the network. Obviously. Like the and, main disembodied voice of Doom. Well, naturally. Depending on when you're actually going to be working hard or hardly working. Really? 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 So are we even? Really? Yes, we are. And, of course, as it gets closer to the first of the month, as another wannabe disembodied voice... All right, go ahead. Chime in, wannabe disembodied voice. I give him an opportunity to actually be a disembodied voice, and he says nothing. Well, I mean, I'm actually plugging his show, The Nielsen Ratings, which will be a new episode dropping on YouTube the first of every month. But okay, then. Uh, yeah, he's literally sitting right across from me. I'm giving him an opportunity to actually be a disembodied voice, and he is sitting there with the shit-eating grin on his face. He's doing this on purpose. Yes, he is. So please, let's continue moving on. There might be an episode going in the can tonight. See, Finally. Now he, now, now he, now he yeah. Now he says something. But yes, aside from that, as Eating on Air is a W2M Network exclusive, I'm actually done. You picked a bad time to take a bite of whatever deliciousness that was. Well, they take us out of here. Well, well, I mean, your your Twitter handle is on the screen, so that way people can come at you about your particular takes at the Indesian. You know the drill and where to be able to find him everywhere else and all the other shows that he's on. But for this week, that's it for us at League to the Max or whatever. A presentation of the W2M Network available online at W2Mnet.com. We'll see you next week, folks.